Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. Thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and my co-host Ray Jeezy Will Tease out. And we are part of Amp Pyre Media. That's AmpPyreMedia.com. What's going on, Ray? All is well, my friend. Getting closer to the football season. You know, know America's man. number one sport is back, my dude. So we excited. The pre and post game shows are back for the urban sports scene. Check yeah, those out. Definitely. Oh, pre no no the pre game is not back. The post game is yeah. back, but the pre game is is something new. Facts, facts, facts. And we about to we about to move from audio to video soon. So check that check us out, man. Yeah, I gotta shave up. now all the Bro, time. It's okay, man. Sometimes I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to like <laughs> like the Muslim come out of jail reading the Quran type. Look, I'm gonna have it. It's gonna be all. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be thorough someday. I won't man. go there, but you'll have a you'll you'll, you'll have a beard. <laughs> I'll have that, a beer. That's cool, brother. <laughs> hey, man. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. I stole that. I don't even know why I did that. Hey, make sure you hit the, the red subscribe button when you're watching the video. When we go live on, you know, on YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and also like the video. Hey, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. You can tweet me personally at Urban Sports underscore Ray Good and job. hit us up on IG at, <laughs> at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Hey, let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll chat with Sports Journey's Washington Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. about the Commanders' preseason victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Then at 8.35, we'll talk about the Washington Washington Nationals giving manager Davey Martinez a contract extension. The Nats are also working on a a deal for GM Mike Rizzo. Rizzo's going to hopefully get an extension for this team. He's done such a great job for the Nats. Talk Nats, Kevin Nibley will jump on the show to join us. And then finally at 8.50, we'll talk about Las Vegas Aces star Aja Wilson dropping 53 points last night. And whether she is already a WNBA all-time great. All right, but right now we have Sports Journey's Washington Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. on the line. What's going on, Lake? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing today? Oh, we good, man. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Just another busy day. <laughs> I know, right? How's practice? 
Uh, it was okay, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> like, I think I think everybody's ready for you know them to drop this thing down to fifty three. <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. Lake, I, I would just mention in our post game show that we do the urban sports scene, and we were mentioning you on there recently because. There's a lot of chatter that Jahan Dotson is the most talented receiver in, in, <laughs> in, in, in the building for the Commanders. I know you're, that that's your guy, so I know we have questions, Wale, but I gotta go get go his, go I gotta go get go his go thoughts go. on that. Do you think he's he's pass, surpassing Terry McLaurin already? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, sur- and that's I'm surprised. I'm surprised, man. I'm surprised. We are. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming from a Penn Stater too. No, um. You know, I just think that Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun, my God, I, I, I saw Deshaun at the game the other night. <laughs> and that's who, and that's who, uh, that's who Jahan's reminded me of. Just, just, just impact, like mm. smooth impact. Get the ball in his hands and watch, and watch some magic happen. Mm. You know, he's that dynamic with the ball. So, but, but he still has, you know, some things to get better at, you know, which is scary, you know, but I, but I will say this. I think Terry's the proven commodity, of course, you know, and he's a, he's a dog. I think Jahan's made Terry better, and I think Terry's making Jahan better. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're starting to become, and I think by midseason, people will see it. They have, One, they have a great coordinator now. Mm-hmm. They have an adequate quarterback and get the ball out anywhere and everywhere. So now I think you're going to see them and their names start to come up as one of the best tandems in the league mm. that maybe could rival uh, a T Higgins and, a, and, and, and Jamar Chase. Oh, wow. I really, I really feel like that. Mm. I think that they have that kind of talent. People keep saying, Oh my God, no, they're not there. Well, they haven't had a quarterback <laughs> and they haven't had a real NFL offensive mind, you know, to run plays. So now they have both and, and you're going to see these guys eat. Watch best receiving corner in the league. Like when you, when you factor in all four guys, with Curtis Samuel and Deami, I think it's the best receiving corner league. I mean, listen, they're 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 going. They have to prove it. We think talent wise, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think you got to prove it on the field. And right now, they're still behind Cincinnati. They're still behind Miami. You know, they, there's there's some teams out there that have some cold receivers mm-hmm. in, in bunches. You know, but when people say, "Oh, they're you know Cowboys," you know, in, you know in the in the division, the Eagles. <laughs> Yeah, the Eagles receiving core might be better right now because they're proven. Uh, but just from a sheer pound for pound, talent for talent, I, I don't know too many teams that are going to rival these four guys mm-hmm. here. And now that Dayami's found his mojo in this offense, it's just going to be more dynamic to watch these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, Lake. I know you don't want to say it, but I'll say it for you, man. Jahan going to be the dude. I'm sorry. I, 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 am, I am, and you know, I'm a, I'm a Michigan dude, but Jahan is going to be the dude. I, I can see it. It's just he's just too smooth. And literally, real talk, there is nothing he can't do on the football field. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's nothing that he can't do on the football field. And and you guys remember when I told you when when they drafted the kid, um, everyone was like, "Oh, you loving them because he's Penn State." Penn yeah, I said State. that. And I was wrong. <laughs> I, so, so 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 three years ago. Um, I used to broadcast up at Penn State, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, with, with, with Blair Thomas, a good friend of mine. I used to be a Heisman Trophy runner-up back at Penn State. And he kept saying, this was during that time frame where you saw, you know, Allen Robinson was still doing something in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now I'm going brain dead. But there were a bunch of receivers 
that had come out of Penn State that, you know, were doing really well in the league. And he kept telling me, man, this kid right here, you know, so people don't realize this. Jahan originally out of high school signed with UCLA. Pennsylvania kid was going to UCLA and people were like, he's he's got that that Reggie Bush in him, you know, like, you know, makes people miss and he's just smooth, you know, and and did it all in high school, was playing receiver, got balls out the backfield, did everything. And somehow James Franklin Penn State flipped him, you know, and got him to come there. And obviously the rest is history. Mm-hmm. But I, I I really, truly in my heart believe that he has a chance to go down as the greatest receiver to ever come out of Penn State. That's how talented this kid is. And you know what? He knows it now. You hear him talking. Yeah. He, 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 that's not arrogance. That's confidence. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, when I saw they had a safety over me, yeah, man, you know, like he said, no, I don't feel like I can be covered by anybody, let alone a safety. Um, That's what you want to hear, you know. So you can tell I'm excited, man, because I just feel like (laughs) finally we'll be able to see players here not be, how can I say, um, saddled by by something that they needed. So, for instance, we had Deshaun here. You had Pierre here. And Kirk Cousins was just starting to come into being a starter, and Kurt would would fold up at the end of games. We knew that. Uh-huh. And matter of fact, it's funny. I mentioned Deshaun. I was with him at the yeah. game the other day, and we we talked about it. And I was just like, I still think you can play. He was like, I do too, but you know, there's politics, blah blah blah. Of he course. said, so I'm, re- <laughs> that's why I'm retired. He said, I'm good now. I'm just going. I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor. You know, I'm like good good man, uh-huh. but. I told him, I said, bro, just imagine had you played your career with the same quarterback. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like the one thing that Jamar Chases and T. Higgins have going for them is they've been in the same system with the same bad uh, dude, uh-huh. Joe Burrow. That's true. That's true. You know, you, you, you look at what's going on in, you know, other, other teams, you, uh, Philadelphia. You know, now Devonta Smith um, – Brown, A.J. Brown, they're going to be in the same setup with with Jalen Hurts for the foreseeable future. That stuff makes guys play better when you know that you can depend on things. Terry is going on his seventh quarterback. Seventh. That's and he's still cold. So now Mm -hmm. if he has any kind of synergy now that he's developing with how and how's there for the next two, three, four, five years. Imagine what these kids going to put up numbers wise. Mm, True. Very true. Yeah. So, so like, let's get into like the. Let's get into the, to what happened on Monday night. You know, the Commanders ended the Baltimore Ravens' twenty-four game preseason winning streak with a game-winning field goal by Joey Sly, giving the Commanders a twenty-nine to twenty-eight victory. Uh, what were your What were your main takeaways from that game? Man, you know, th- this was a microcosm of what we're what we've been seeing in camp. Mm. You know, this is a, a scrappy football team that. They, they get better as the game goes on. And that's a good sign because in previous years, they got bad, worse as the game went on. <laughs> you know, they withered away. So maybe now that cracking of the whip that Eric's been doing, guys are starting to see, you know what? These are backups that, were put, that pulled that game out. That's what you want. You want to see guys fighting to the very end, tooth and nail, and they did that. And nobody can throw out this crap about this was a preseason game. Because the Ravens value their preseason games mm, clearly true. for them to win twenty four in a row, so don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so 
that's what you want. You want to see mental fortitude. You want to see guys that aren't quitting, aren't giving up, and keep fighting, keep battling. And you saw that. And then you saw Jake Fromm, who struggled a lot during camp. He, he pretty much won the game for him, you know, with his play. Uh-huh. That's what you want to see. And uh, to me, that, that says that guys are receiving their coaching. That means that they're believing, and you saw how happy these guys were afterwards. They understood the, the magnitude of that win, even though it was a preseason game. It was important for the region for them. It was important for the fan base under new ownership that they finally saw something that maybe can translate into the regular season. So what did I see? I, I, I did. I walked away feeling like this was a team that showed that they could be tough and, and uh, you know, keep fighting as the game went on. Lake is on fire today. Listen, I wanted to ask a sidebar question. You mentioned region and new regime. I wanted to see what your thoughts are about should this game, whether it's preseason or regular season, be scheduled every year because that stadium atmosphere for a preseason game was amazing. Just the entire game felt like something that was more meaningful than just a, a, a meaningless preseason game, if that makes sense. Um I think it's something that this the Baltimore DC region needs on a consistent basis with these two franchises. What's your thoughts? Absolutely, and I think it's, I think it'll happen now. Um, you know, I know I know you know the things that owners didn't necessarily weren't on the best of terms. You know, and um, you know, so I, I think it was more so that Baltimore had already kind of established its stake in the region, and they didn't need to help out. Uh, uh, organization that is at one point used to always overshadow them, you know. So, and you can't really say overshadowed them because when the Ravens came around in the, I guess what the mid nineties, late nineties, mm-hmm. you know, they they were in the Super Bowl in two thousand, winning it. <laughs> so, um, and since two thousand, this this outfit in DC has been, you know, something that you put in your garbage disposal. So, <laughs> you know, so I think you know now that. A new ownership group in there. You saw that they had the practice against each other. That stuff never would have happened if Dan Snyder was the owner. Let me just flat out tell you that. It would have never happened, um, you know, to see those those Ravens guys in the building, to see the media, some guys that I knew, talking with them. It was just a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to happen for the region. It's 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 good for the region. You mm-hmm. know, it's good for bragging rights. Um and at the end of the day, Washington still plays in Maryland. So, you know, now they can say, at least for the preseason, they the Kings of Maryland. <laughs> hey, chill. Hey, chill, bro. But, but I, I did say iron, iron sharpens iron. The fact that the Ravens take preseason so serious, which is a great thing for the organization, their culture, I, I believe that that helps the Washington organization as it turns a new a, a new chapter, a new page in, in, in this chapter with the owner that was lit at the game, by the way. He was hilarious. Um, but another person that was lit was Sam Howell. He played an excellent game. Again, we're talking about the Ravens. Anytime you play against them, it's a great measuring stick. 18 for 25, 188 yards passing with two TDs. Uh, even though it wasn't the, the Ravens starters, um, were you surprised that Sam Howell still played the whole first half? And were you surprised he played that well? No, not at all. And he, he you know, obviously – the more reps he can get, the better he'll be, the more prepared he'll be. Um, it doesn't matter if they were backups. And I, and I hate when I hear fans say this because when you get on the field, you're not saying to yourself, that guy over here playing corner was a third-round pick. The safety back there was a seventh-round pick. You're not thinking that way. You're thinking, like, what assignments you got to do, what you need to get accomplished on the field. And, you know, 
if, if people really want to start doing that, then I'm going to remind them they're the same people that said Sam Howe was going to be trash because he was a fifth-round draft pick. Uh. So, so don't flip it now and say, oh, he was doing it against backups. He was doing <laughs> it against fifth-round players, <laughs> just like him. And he proved that that fifth-round grade was pretty bad. <laughs> so um, I, I just think that you have to give credit where credit is due. And the bottom line is the Ravens wanted that game, and Washington took it from them. When they went up 28-20, Baltimore I'm talking about, the crowd was pro Ravens. You could see it was, you know, they they wanted it. Yeah. And then Washington <laughs> fought and fought and fought and came back and got it. Um, you could see there was some upset Ravens at the end of that game. There's no question about it. They that they valued their preseason. No one wants to see a 24 game winning streak in. You know that's all you're used to. Yeah. So now they got to prepare this week for their third preseason game in Baltimore as losers. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> so, like, how you do that? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, you know, you lost, so now you prepare to do something you haven't done since 2015. <laughs> and that's prepare for a game as a loser. Oh, and Washington can, can prepare for the chance to run the table in their preseason. And people are going to say, well, they're always, you know, uh, off-season winners. And not preseason. Not, not preseason. Oh. And this is a different a different setup for them. You know, this is the perfect start for a potential turnaround for this organization. And I just want to throw this out there, guys. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the, the Eagles as the blueprint for what Washington can be here. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is they get Jalen Hurts, uh-huh. and he sat until they put him in the end of the season behind Carson. Remember that. Yeah, true. And you saw flashes. Well, the second year... They finished the season strong under Jalen Hurts, and they made the playoffs. They didn't do much once they got in, but people were like, this is a team to watch. You know, they might have some young players. They can continue to grow. And then in the third year, boom, <laughs> you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So what I'm saying is Washington should have been in the playoffs last year with, with just crap, you know, quarterback play and really piss-poor play calling, okay? <laughs> so now you have two things that – uh, upgrade a quarterback, which Sam Howell's a legitimate upgrade over what they had, and then you have a clear, sheer upgraded offensive coordinator. Okay, mm-hmm. why should this team not think they should be a playoff team? I literally was texting today with my boy Pete Rock, and he's obviously New York guy, <laughs> Giants fan, and he said, "I'm impressed with Sam Howell. I swear to you, I have it on my text." And he said. Washington definitely should be a playoff team. There should be four teams in the NFC in the playoffs this year. And I said it actually should have happened last year. So there's no reason for me to think that they shouldn't be a playoff team because there's really only two juggernauts in the NFC, and that's the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, and I think the Lions are going to be good. But outside of that, this thing's wide open. Why can't they get in? I went even further after the, the game, and I said the way – Sam Howell is improving from week to week, going back to the end of last season. I think in terms of NFC East, the division, I think he'll be competing with Dak to say who's the second-best quarterback in the entire division. I'm not sure if that's reaching, but I feel as though right now, Dak, in pressure moments, you mentioned Kirk earlier, like he folded in the games. I think Dak has that sort of moniker now, so mm-hmm. or reputation. So why can't Sam Howell compete to be one of the best quarterbacks in the division? Um, I think it's, it's well, totally possible. Well, well, let's just say this. From a production standpoint, you're going to have to put 
um, Daniel Jones as the second best, in my opinion, just from a pro- sheer production, you know, because he's done it with no, for last he's done year, it with because of last yeah, year, yeah, right? but he's done it with no talent around him. I mean, he's got Saquon, of course. We are got to do that. Um, but, <laughs> See, he, no, it's, it's, it's Saquon's the reason. It ain't Daniel Jones, though. <laughs> no, no, but what, but what I'm but what I'm saying is they still are always competitive, and they they made the playoffs last year with no wide receivers. Literally, come on, you know so. And he, so he runs the football, Daniel Jones. Okay, okay. You know, he, he's a very way. good, a very good guy with his legs. You know, Same running the ball. Too. So, so, but, but, so, so, what I'm saying is, from a proven commodity standpoint, okay. Dak, Dak, and Jones are clearly better than um, Hal. But from a talent standpoint, no, we think this guy could be up there with with Jalen, probably. You know, mm-hmm. from a sheer talent standpoint, okay. he just got to okay. prove it. So, so I would I would say this, guys, we'll as opposed this, yeah. to saying that Sam is the second best quarterback. How about just saying Washington's competing to be the second best team in the division behind Philadelphia? Well, I clearly think that that's what's happening. I feel like by the end of the season, we may be having that discussion. If, let me rephrase if I didn't necessarily put it out mm-hmm. there correctly the first time. So that that's what I meant. But I just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm impressed by him. I, I was always impressed by him. I thought he was a second round pick. So I didn't understand why he. Dropped to the fifth. I really didn't. And I'm not a fan of this team. I'm a fan of Atlanta. And, and I thought he would go before Ritter, to be real. I thought Ritter was a third-round pick. <laughs> yeah, that was – so, see, you know what it was? Is, uh, these, these scouts, man, you know, some of them are great. Get it, uh, give them credit. Some of them aren't. And some of them, <laughs> and some of them base everything on – they do. They base everything on wins and losses. And this is my thing. Sam Howell proved to you when his junior year – when he had NFL talent around him at receiver and running back, they were legit. He North Carolina there. was a team people didn't want to see. Uh-huh. And he ran it under a pro system under Mac Brown, the same system that Eric the Enemy brought from Kansas City, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, same same principles, concepts. Sam Howell's just playing fa- fast football because he doesn't have to think. He knows the playbook, literally. So they're going to get a full open Kansas City playbook, you know. Um, those things help. And now you can see they don't have to babysit him. They don't have to coddle him on the field. They can just turn him loose. And he's going to have some ups and downs. Everything's not going to be, you know, what he did the other night. Um, but but I, I have a tendency to believe, you know, I, I posted something on my Twitter. There was a stat with him. He's one of six quarterbacks since like 2000 um, in college football to have over 90 touchdowns and less than 25 interceptions for his career this is in college that shows you that the guy just doesn't turn the ball over uh-huh. he's just there's some guys that just won't turn the ball over and he might be what they thought they were going to get in alex smith years ago when alex smith wasn't going to be a guy that was going to throw for four or five hundred yards uh-huh. but he was going to give you everything at that position and be a leader and guys galvanized around him and then unfortunately we know about the injury and it changed the fortunes of the franchise but before that injury, that team was on its way. Mm-hmm. You could see it was it was working. Well, now think about it. <laughs> That's what Scott Turner. So <laughs> 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 now you I got Eric the enemy doing this, and I'm telling you guys, 
We ain't even seen the playbook. He looks like the head coach to me. I know he like the head coach. He looks like the head coach. <laughs> on I the think everybody line. know that. And I think that's probably why. I, uh, let me stop. I don't even want to start yeah. that. Up. I still got to go. We're not, we not going to go there. But, but, we we, we going to show yeah, rubber boats. But respect. that whole player stuff, I don't know about all that now. I ain't going to go further with it. Yeah. But I don't know how. I don't even know how accurate that really was. Mm. But that's all I'm gonna say. Well, that's he, all I'm he, gonna so say. he he got that inside hate going going <laughs> on. You know. <laughs> You know, sometimes when you start feeling somebody breathing on your neck, um, but you brought sometimes him people react differently. He brought and, him in. And, yeah, well, you know, hey. <laughs> I feel like you had to bring him in. I feel like you had I can't to bring do him it. in. I can't, I can't do it. But, I, I I got got you. <laughs> but Eric's my dude, though. That's my guy. And um, he look like that guy. We, we've yeah, talked. Yeah. And, 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 and he's... Um, he he's legit, man. And he said, I mean, he told me verbatim, Lake, it's supposed to be hard, right? And I'm like, hell yeah, you can crack that web harder. <laughs> you know, um, I just think that when you've been trash, you don't have you don't have anything to say. But yes, sir. That's it. Yeah. Um, he asked you to do it because, you know, literally he could come out to that practice field blinding people with his rings. But, he, you know, because he's had success, immediate success uh, over the past few years with Kansas City. Don't give me that, oh, it was Andy Reid, it was Patrick Mahomes, um, because if it was somebody else maybe looked a little different, you would be giving that man all the credit for being in that room. He still was in those meetings, he still helped implement game plans, and he was still a big part of those guys' success as men. And they've come out and said it. I'm not saying anything that they haven't said. Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Tariq Hill, they've all come out and said it. Nicole Hardman, all of them, that how great this guy's been as, as far as in their lives. That's what you want. You want somebody to motivate you and challenge you to be better every day because it's going to make you better in the end, in the long run. And I think you're seeing that. That's how that game was. It was a microcosm of, of all of this stuff. They fought, 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 and they finally pulled the game out. Lake, let's go to the other side of the ball. Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, both played with the second team defense. What were your thoughts on the linebackers' play? And honestly, the entire defense, how do you think the entire defense looked? You said already it didn't matter the starters, fifth-rounders, fourth-rounders, whatever. Um, some were a, a bit concerned after that performance from the start of the game where the Ravens just marched down the field. So what were your thoughts? I mean, they didn't play a lot of starters, man. I mean, you know, that's what you want to say. And, you know, I, I too was like, man, this second unit should be better, should be doing more. Um, especially up front. But then the, I had to realize there's never going to be a time in a game during the regular season where the whole second unit is on the field at the same time, you know, especially up front. They're, you're going to have those backups sprinkled in with Duran and, and John Allen and, and Chase and Montez. So it's never going to be they're just out there on an island by themselves. And and I think we had to remember that. Um you know, so for me, my eyes translated to the skill set guys because those are the guys in these games you get a chance to see who can do more of. And I think for Jartavius Martin or Quan Martin to do what he did, you know, really was needed. You know, they wanted to see the playmaking ability. And you saw that on that interception. He was beat. Yeah, it was but, beat. <laughs> you know, but, but still stayed with the play, made the interception, and then had the wherewithal to turn it upfield. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see. You know, Forbes makes plays. You can see it. And I think for the veterans watching from the sidelines who, who weren't playing, it gives them hope that, you know, maybe now we, we knew in years past the D-line needed to finish the play. They needed to get, get the sack, you know, because there was really no hope in the secondary. 
um, now you're starting to see, you know, these young guys in that secondary, Derek Forrest, you know, another one, Cam Curl, you know, their, their secondary is young and, and uber talented, you know, so now you got ball hawks out there. You got guys that can make plays, finish plays. So now your D linemen are going to tee off even more because they know, you know, they might have to finish the play to get their stat. <laughs> you know, because if not, somebody in the secondary going to get it. So, you know, these are good problems to have. And, and I think for Washington, this is something that we haven't seen in a long time. You know, this has always been a top-heavy football team, even with the days of Mike Shanahan when they made the playoffs, the time they made it with Jay Gruden. You know, you, you had 10 dogs, you know, and then there was a big drop-off after that. Well, I think now the depth on this team is, is really going to start to show, and it's young depth, so it's going to be around for a long time. You know, I, I, there's going to be some tough cuts that have to be made that people for players that fans may have thought were good enough to make the team, well, they're not going to be good enough to make the team. They're going to be put on the practice squad or just outright released. That's a good sign. That means that you've really turned over your roster to be competitive from top to bottom. So, Lake, in terms of the linebacker play, though, between Cody, Cody Barton and Jamin, like, how did you think they looked? Because I had questions uh, about how, Jay, how how Cody looked because I felt like he wasn't he can't, great. He's not a cover guy. Yeah. He's not, and, he, yeah. He, I mean, not to cut you. I was just going to say, Cody's not a cover guy. Okay. More of a tackler, on straight line tackler. Uh-huh. Jamin is a guy that can cover. Um I just don't, and this isn't to knock those guys. Those aren't upper echelon linebackers, you know that that are gonna. They're not guys that people are game planning for. Make make sure you know that they're gonna game plan for that defensive front, and they are gonna game plan for where certain guys are in that secondary. I they're gonna want to see where Cam Curl is. They're gonna want to see where this young kid Forbes is. Um, they're gonna try Forbes early and find out he might be my. He's that guy. So with that said, the linebackers are going to be exploited. They're going to try to get balls in the middle of the field. Um, and the teams in this division have went and made sure their, their tight ends are set for that. <laughs> you know, um, you got one in Dallas. You, you know, look, the Giants went out and brought in Whalen. you know. So they, they know to attack this defense is about what's in the middle of the field. So, yeah, the linebackers are going to have to do well. But I'm going to tell you all right now. You didn't see it a lot in preseason, but when they run this Cinco package and they do certain things, you're going to see a lot of five down linemen or maybe one standing up um, and one linebacker. So I don't think you're going to see two of them on the field quite a bit at the same time. All right, so like real quick before we let you go, the, mm-hmm. the Commanders play the Bengals on Saturday. Do you do you think they should play Sam Howe? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I think you give them a series. Um I mean, yes, he's the starting quarterback, but he needs reps. He needs game reps. He just needs to get as many minutes on that field. It's like driving a car, you know, um, and I do have one. But, you know, if you've got a young kid that has, you know, this driving or starting to drive, the only way they're going to become a better driver is to what? Drive the car. <laughs> so, you know, he's a quarterback that has to be able to just get those reps, get those mental blocks out, and um, it'll make him better. Obviously, if he goes out there in the first drive, he's struggling or whatever. You don't want him to have that being the lasting impression of his night. So then you might be forced to play him again. But um, I, I, the only reason I might say he doesn't play 
was because Jacoby Brissett was so bad yeah. <laughs> that yeah, they burn. might want him to get a half under his belt to just get his confidence because he, he he looked bad. <laughs> so and then Jake Fromm finished the game up in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby did struggle. We had a poll. We had a poll about that. Um, sixteen percent said yes, eighty four percent said no. I, it's wild because either way, I mean, I wouldn't be mad either way. Um, I was leaning towards playing him like just for a series, um, but. Then on the other side, I'm like, I can see him not playing. Like his last performance was so good. I mean, I, and like you've been, you've covered this team through the through camp, through the preseason game, so you've seen him. He's pretty much mm-hmm. been consistent. I can only imagine, right? He's been the same dude since camp to now, right? Yeah, I mean, Brissett, Brissett is a he's a pro, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's a pro. But <clears throat> I think I, I kept telling everyone <clears throat> there was no quarterback competition. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. It was Sam's job for to lose, <laughs> you know. There was no quarterback competition. And Brissett, I think he ultimately knew that too. Uh-huh. I mean, he's been a career backup. And why would you go out and get a career backup to all of a sudden become a starter? And you need this for your job if you're Ron Rivera. No, he, he brought him in here because Jacoby Brissett's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in your life. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just a class act. And he's a team player, and he's going to help Sam Howell quite a bit. I mean, already has, you know. Um, so that's that's what that was, um, you know. But but you just you know you just hope that you know if you have to get a game or two or maybe three out of out of Jacoby, you can do that. But you don't want him to be your starter for sixteen, seventeen games. And that's not disrespecting him, guys. That's not just saying what he is. He's a really good backup quarterback, and he's a pro for sure. Uh, but they don't want him to be the guy for sure. That's that's Sam Howe. Facts, facts. Hey, Lake man, thanks for thanks for being on. How can folks catch you on social media? And how can they catch your content? Period, man. Man, it's, it's I. Whoo! I wish I could tell y'all, but it's something <laughs> about to happen, and I can't wait to announce it. But anyway, until then, you can go to uh, my social media, Lake Lewis on Twitter, Lake Lewis Junior, Instagram, Facebook, and Sports Journey. The new site is up. Yeah, I, see, um, I saw it. it. Looks nice, man. It looks dope. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so it's up there. We're getting ready to get Surge. You know, Surge the shooter. Yeah. Uh, getting ready to get some great, great uh, pictures and stuff awesome. up there as well. So yeah, you can go to SportsJourney.com on all social medias as well. Um, and of course, the after practice podcast. Um, and then we have an event coming up uh, on the first of September in Herndon. Um, I'm having a kickoff show there, a kickoff podcast show. And I'd love to formally right now on your show invite you two to come on out, man, and oh. have you on the show with me. When is the, when is the, when is the, what day is that? That's a what? That's a Friday. Oh, Friday. Oh, I think I can do that. I can, I, 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 can, I can swing it. I think I can swing it. Friday. Okay. It's, a, it's at five o'clock though. It's a little early. Five o'clock. I have to take off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love to have y'all come out All there. Right. I wanna, I wanna, you know, I, I want my pod platform. Um, it's supposed to be an every Friday event type okay. thing. Uh, you know, I want to spotlight some of the guys that I know who have been grinding, doing great things, got good shows, and it'll give you a chance to, uh, you know, be able to to be seen by some people that may not know about all the good work that you guys are doing. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, definitely text me text me the, the address, and I should be okay. there. I should definitely be there. All right, sounds it's good. Right Looking before my for... surgery and everything, bro. So yeah, get your easy, get your, get your easy pass out, bro. I got an easy pass. I'm I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, make sure, man. make sure you yeah, keep it in the day. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, all I got. I'm saying. Oh, I got a little, little secret you can do, but I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! 
<laughs> All right. And he means just take the silver line, guys. Listen, <laughs> right, th- right. Thank you. you thank you. <laughs> take the silver line through Tyson's. It's all it extends to Herndon. Man, like, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, I ain't going to lie, man. I'm a little surprised. But... Easy pass. What's that? No, I got an easy stop. pass. Oh, I got to use it anywhere. Wow. I, got, I, got use, I can't waste this easy pass. I got one. I can't waste nah, it. Nah, we got three, man. Don't get me wrong. We got them in the hey, text more later. I would like to know. You said you want to know? I, I kind of want to know, even though, you know what? Mm-mm. You said I kind of want to know? <laughs> Not doing it. I got yeah, I have easy the, pass. the air combo right there. Yeah, that's after, after practice. That's after practice talk, man. Exactly. It, that's like, it, I, I'm super after practice. After <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Oh, man. Right, hey, man. Lake Man, thanks, man. We're we going to rap. We're we definitely going to rap about that. I, I should be on there. Okay, sounds right. good, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, Lake. Thanks, man. All right, take care. All, All right, take care. Hey, again, uh, his Twitter handle was at Lake Lewis. It is at Lake Lewis. All right, all right. Let me do it or I do it. Oh, right. Lake. We we always go to overtime with Lake. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know where we are right I now. Know, I, I, hey, I, 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 I know we're supposed to be talking next. Okay. <laughs> talking next, Kevin Nibley will, will tell us why Nats GM Mike screen, Rizzo. Bro. Got is possibly about to get an extension, and why Davy Martin, Dave Martin, Davy Martinez <laughs> definitely got the extension after the break. You listen to Urban Sports Scene for ages. You dig deuces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, 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 right. Listen, mama loved me, pop left me, Mickey fed me, Annie dressed me, Eric fought me, made me tougher, love you for that man, no matter what bruh, Marcy raised me, and whether right or wrong, streets gave me all I write in this song. Hootie babysitted, changed my diapers, Gil introduced me to the game that changed my life up, East Trenton grew me. Had me skipping school. Valencia's boyfriend, Volvo, had me making moves. Mama raised me. Pop, I miss you. God help me forgive him. I got some issues. Mickey cleaned my ears. Annie shampooed my hair. Eric was fly. I used to steal his gear. I was the baby boy. I could do no wrong. Yeah, it's going past fast. Let's move along. Kitchen table. That's where I hone my skills. Jazz made me believe this was real. Labels turned me down, couldn't foresee. Clark sought me out, Dane believed. Primo laced me, Ski did too. Reasonable doubt, classic, shoulda went triple. Mama loved me. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Ray Jeezy and myself, Ole, and the homie Will T is out. But we are, but also we are part of Amphire Media. That's AmphireMedia.com. All right, right now we have Kevin Nibley from Talk Nets on the line. Kev, what's going on? Hey guys, how's it going? Going good, man. Usually we, it's like it's wild because we we don't talk Nets usually, Kev. Like on on, uh, on social media, <laughs> we talk about wrestling and we talk about like. Uh, sometimes even commander stuff. So it's good to talk Nats, Nats again, to be honest with you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Though. Yeah, it's like uh, we're we're doing this during AEW Dynamite, which I know is a show you never want to miss. So, uh, but you know, I, uh, I I I was good. I recorded it. I put it on the DVR. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll check that out when man. we're done. Yeah. All in, all in, man, all in. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the biggest show, right? The biggest yeah. show in terms of attendance. So yeah, definitely. All right, but we we are here to talk Nats, so it's, we're going to talk Nats, okay? <laughs> are the Nats, Absolutely. The, the Nats, the Nationals are fifty eight and sixty uh, and sixty eight, and are playing competitive baseball, like real competitive baseball. Uh, Nats, Nats um, signed uh, da- uh, da- manager Davey Martinez to an, to a contract extension, and are working on a contract extension with GM Mike Rizzo. Uh, do you think Davey deserved the the extension? Yeah, I think he did, actually. I, I know that a lot of times that I've been on in the last uh, couple of years, uh, we were kind of burying the guy and talking about uh, how you know uh, much the team's underachieved. But uh, this season, what he's done with this roster is pretty incredible. At the beginning of the year, uh, the Nats were picked in Las Vegas to win about 59 or 60 games and they've all they've done that almost i think they're 58 right now so they're really overachieving and when you look at the roster uh you know they have uh, josiah gray and mackenzie gores pretty solid pitchers but you know they don't have an ace they don't really have a slugger they don't have anyone that's going to hit 30 40 home runs they've been pretty competitive uh with you know a couple prospects like C.J. Abrams and Cape Ruiz who are playing well along with Lane Thomas, but mostly you know they've had a lot of guys like Alex Call and right you know Blake Rutherford and like a lot of kind of prospects sort of at the end of their rope and and players who aren't you know really very heralded and he's done a lot with his team so I, I think given the way that they've done this season he deserves another two years to see if he you know in two years. Uh, the Nats' better prospects like Dylan Cruz and James Wood will arrive, and he deserves a chance to manage that team and see if he can, you know, be the manager for the next uh, playoff team the Nats have. I'm going to surprise you. I agree. I think he does too. And, I, and I've been—I feel like I've been so tough on Davey Martinez, <laughs> um, but I do. I, I respect I, I, to me, and we'll talk about it later. But in terms of it's one of our social media questions, but I just feel like this is the best manage, managerial job he's done, and. Yeah, you've got a World Series under your belt, and you're gonna always people are gonna always focus on that. But just in terms of what, everything you mentioned, the lack of ta- like I won't say lack of talent because there are, there is some young talent, but you know what I mean. Like you don't have an ace, you don't have no. a power hitter. Like you know what I mean. Like you got guys who are still trying to figure it out how what what does it take to be a successful major league player, and he doesn't have any of a guy. A, he doesn't have a guy that you can lean on and say yo ca- say carry my squad. Like, carry my squad to the promise land or do this and no. the other. He doesn't have that type of guy right now. He has guys, you know, being educated to be that guy, but he doesn't have a guy at the moment right now. So, to me, like, to be 58 and 68 to, to a point where everybody thought you were, going to be the, you were going to be the worst team in baseball, you were going to rival the Oakland A's, and you see how bad Oakland is. And yeah. look at them now. They're, fifth, they're, they're 10 games under 500, which an, somebody would say, another person would be like, well, we're talking about 10 games under 500. But understand whether, whether this team was projected to be 10 games under 500, in the division where you got when you're going against the the, the best team in baseball with the, in the Braves, you got you got the uh, Phillies, you had the yeah. overpaid Mets who underachieved, but they were still off. Just looking at the roster, was a team that should have been a postseason team. I think the, they, it was the biggest salary in the history of exactly. baseball. The Mets spent more money than any team ever exactly. this year. And then you got so. the Nats who didn't spend any money for real and had like young players and only ten games under 500. And I believe right now they may be last in the in the, um, 
in the in the East, in the NL East, but they're mm-hmm. like right there with the Mets, though, and they could still. But again, it's still good enough to me to to warrant like consideration. I know it sounds bad because I mean not bad, but he's being consideration for like manager of the year. To be honest with you, what's what's kind of amazing is yeah, they're they're like a, I believe a half game, a half game behind yeah, the Mets that's, that's uh, yeah. going into. They, they don't look like they're going to win tonight, but um, but then but what's even funnier is I think they're a game and a half. Behind the Padres, you know, exactly. who gave gave them all these players there you go. <laughs> for, for Juan Soto. And I remember, I think I was on your show yeah, about a year exactly. ago this time, <laughs> and I was one of the only people who were like, you know, trade Soto, get like I, I love that trade, you know, get all these young guys. And here we, I, I thought it would take two or three years to pay off, but it's only been a year. And you know, here you are, and it's like, would you even trade C.J. Abrams? No. Would you trade five years of C.J. Abrams no. for one more year of Soto? No. Probably not. No. You know, so. That trade's looking really good, and James Wood, who is the best prospect in the trade, hasn't even come up yet. He yeah. should be here next year, so you know we'll see. But yeah, the, the rebuilds uh, been going; it's gone. They're ahead of schedule. Like I, I didn't think they'd be to a point where they are now until like maybe a year from now. So they're definitely way ahead of schedule, and Davey deserves some credit for that. Totally, it's, I totally agree. So what's taking so long with Rizzo's extension deal then? <laughs> I don't know. I you know <laughs> I, they they reported. Uh, I think it was. Uh, in the athletic that, uh, you know, they were discussing terms and they were quote unquote close. I, I have a hard time seeing Rizzo not, uh, you know, I, I, I'd have a hard time seeing them not extend Rizzo. Cause honestly, when you look at, uh, the way that this team has been built in the first place, you know, in 2012 and then now kind of rebuilt from the, you know, when they blew it up in 2021, you know, getting rid of Max and Trey and, and, uh, then Soda later, you know, I, Rizzo is, I think, more, you know, I credit Rizzo more than Davey at this point, just in terms of how he saw an opportunity, you know, like, like Josiah looks like a really solid two or three, and, and he's only, you know, in the second real season pitching, so you think in a couple of years, Josiah could even be closer, you know, to a one or two, uh, you know, Ruiz is starting to look like one, you know, pretty nice hitting catcher. Obviously, C.J. Abrams is looking like a stud, is a leadoff hitter. You know, he looks like he weighs about 110 pounds, but he looks like he hit like 25 home runs. I think he's stolen, you know, like 26 bases in a row or something crazy. Um, yeah, no. So, the, you know, Rizzo's done a really good job of uh, rebuilding this club pretty quick, and and you know, hopefully. Uh, They'll extend him, and then hopefully also the ownership situation will get a little bit settled, and uh, they can buy some pitching. Like you know, right now, you look at you know they have Cruz and Wood and and uh, Brady House, and uh, you know a couple of hitters on the way. Maybe even as soon as next year, you know if the Nats buy uh, one you know top end starter, you know that they, they could be a playoff team sooner than later. So you know I, I would definitely extend Rizzo, and I would give him a chance to uh, you know shepherd this next competitive era hopefully so i want to get your oh i do want to get your opinion so you know the poll put a poll out there and i, I mentioned it earlier so it's not this is i'm sounding a little redundant but the <laughs> poll is poll was out there that i felt like davy this was davy's best year as i mean i mean the poll was out there saying that do you think that this, is this davy's best year as a manager period right um yeah you know, i already gave my opinion but in terms of twitter uh 42 percent said said yes, but 58% said no. I guess everybody's still in that, you know, the championship. But for you, I want to get your opinion. What is this to you? Is this Davey's best year as a manager? 
It could be. I, I'd like to see how they finish. You know, I mean, if it's something where they if they finish strong and they close to within, you know, if they win like seventy five games, then yeah, I mean, that might be better than twenty nineteen. Because um, twenty nineteen, like you said, I mean, that's that. When you look back at that roster. It was pretty stacked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had like you had like Max and Strass as a one two. You had Corbin's best year ever in his entire career. Turner. You know, um yeah, Trey, Juan Soto, Rendon, you know, um and then like even some of their utility got you, you know, that was the the Howie Kendrick hit like three thirty that year or something crazy. Um you even had guys like Brian Dozier hit twenty home runs yeah, and Zimmerman. Yeah, you had two cat. You had Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki both had good years. They definitely had a lot of uh, talent, a lot of veteran talent on that team. Even like Matt Adams had a you know month or two that season where he was hitting three run homers, winning them games. So they did have a lot of talent on that team. Um, You know, I I think though, I I think twenty nineteen. I think on the whole, if if we're just going to stop right now and project that the season goes the way it's gone. And the Nats win 70-75. I would say this is his best job. You know, in 2019, I think where he did a great, great job was just in the postseason. Yes, I, you know, I don't know if he did it for the whole season, but in the postseason, he did a really good job of, you know, beating uh, some loaded pitching staffs with the Dodgers and Astros. I agree. With literally just like Max and Strauss. Like if, if you actually look back in 2019, if you throw out the, the Cardinals series – they won, you know, a game started by Corbin or Sanchez. But in every other series in that run, they only ever won games started by Strasburg or uh, Scherzer in, like, the whole playoff run to win. So he won a World Series off of two pitchers, which is pretty amazing. So I give him credit for that postseason run. Um, but but the season on a whole, this might be his best job, especially because this roster does – yeah, like we said, they don't have an ace. They don't have any sluggers really – um, he's done it, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors and, and, and like their bullpen isn't really loaded either, you yeah. know, to be honest. Um, so yeah, he's done a very good job. So, so Kevin, you kind of already alluded to feeling as though the rebuild is a bit ahead of schedule. You say you expected two to three years, but how does the situation with Rizzo as well as ownership impact the rebuild moving forward? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I expect them to resign Rizzo. I, you know, honestly, I think if I had to just take a wild, stab like nothing i'm just like guessing just pure conjecture i think maybe you know the white Sox just fired their gm Rizzo's from chicago maybe yeah, he's like using that, that. maybe he's using that to like get a you know a little extra money out of the learners or something you know i don't know i mean you know but i i would expect Rizzo to stay because he's already through the toughest part of the rebuild um you know he already had that you know 107 loss season or whatever it was last year you know, to get someone like Dylan Cruz, who's going to probably be up, you know, maybe even opening day next year. So I, I, I think Rizzo is going to be in place and I think he's going to do a good job. I, I do think with ownership, that's the issue. Um, you know, there are all these rumors last year that they were trying to sell the team. Then this year they came out and said, well, maybe we're not going to do that. And everything's kind of been put on pause. So I think for the Nats to take the next step in their rebuild, they're going to need to spend a little bit on, on free agents. Um, and particularly starting pitching is what I see they need. You know, they could also use maybe – I think they could use like a slugger at first base DH to replace Dom Smith or Manessis. You know, just someone like you could plug in, you know, just a power bat basically, a little more power than either of those two guys. But, um, yeah, you know, but if ownership steps up and spends like they did – you know, during the first run where around like 2011 they signed Worth and then they brought Scherzer in. And, you know, if ownership steps up and 
increases the payroll uh, now that some of the younger prospects and low-cost players are locked in, then yeah, I think that the Nats will be a playoff team, if not if not next year, definitely by 2025, for oh, sure. That'd be good for the area. And learn from what the commanders did. There's nothing wrong with going, going with new ownership. <laughs> yeah right yeah good lord yeah i thought i thought snyder was gonna own that team till till the day i died to be honest yeah. look, look how the vibe is now so and that's rans i'm just saying if you're not happy with the learners hey it can happen it changes it change the vibe it changes the whole vibe just letting you know this this, this is this is an example what could what changing an owner can do for a whole fan base, to be honest with you, but the Nats is old. the Nats have always had a decent fan base, so I won't even act like their fan. The Nats fan base has been suspect. It's always been a, de- a decent fan base. Well, Kevin, thanks for being on the show. Before we let you go, let tell our listeners how how they can catch talk talk Nats and uh, about how they can catch any content you ha- you guys got coming out. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, just uh, please visit uh, talknats.com. It's the best community. Uh, on the internet to talk about uh, baseball. It's a really quick plug. There's actually an article in the New Yorker of all magazines um, this last week that said Talk Nats was an alternative to Twitter. It was kind of crazy. So that's oh, so the no. New Yorker. The New Yorker knows about Talk Nats. So that's how cool <laughs> oh, it is. It's, uh, I think it's at Talk Nats on Twitter yeah. uh, as well, um, talknats.com. And then I'm just uh, at K underscore Nibley on Twitter and I think I'm also on spaces and all that other stuff that blue sky. I don't know. But yeah, I just, you know, I, threads. I, I see, threads. He on th- he's on threads. I'm on threads. I'm on, yeah, whatever. On Geocities, uh, my space. I don't know. Whatever. You know, I, I, I uh, talk about, uh, baseball movies as well. As I said, we talk about, we get into AEW, WWF sometimes. So just yeah. a little everything. You oh, know? you so, just yeah. showed your age. That man said WWF. You just showed your age right oh, there. Oh, I did. Man. Yeah, that is true. I did show my, I did show my age. Yeah. Hey, I slip up too. WWE has Cody. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you watched the American Nightmare on Peacock. That was that was dope. It was. You watch? Did you watch on Peacock? Peacock? The American Nightmare. I, do, I didn't see. I didn't see the American. I, I, oh, I, I do okay. like watching a lot of that he's stuff. Pro I haven't AEW, seen him. Man, he's so pro AEW. <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah. He's dead to me. He laughed. Right? Yeah, no. But um, I, I haven't. Uh, I did. I, I've heard about. I heard uh, Triple H called AEW a second rate promotion. So he did. He I did. heard about it, but I, I didn't watch it. I didn't I watch it. Told you. I told you. Well, hey, I mean, but he's got to be sad because his father-in-law, like, he thought he had the big job, and then his father-in-law just came in and took his job from him, and you yeah. know. Yeah, basically, Vince is running it again. So anyway, whatever. Well, now Vince it's... can't. Well, Vince may not right now. Well, that's a whole. We that's a whole different. Okay, topic. yeah, that's a whole different topic. But I will say this though: go Kenny Omega. That's my guy. Kenny's. He's my guy. great. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. The young bucks are going to go to WWE at some point. They're not. They signed an extension. They messed up. <laughs> they should have though. Oh. They should. They should be hanging with Cody. They messed up. <laughs> <laughs> go see a punk. He's he's starting. To, he's starting more drama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kev. Thanks for be, thanks for being on. Appreciate you. All right, talk to you later, guys. Right, talk Thanks. to you later, man. Might as skip this break, son. We are. We definitely skipping oh. the break. You know what I mean? I had, you know, I had, him, I had to talk to Kevin about AEW. Right? It's all good. All right. So, anyway, <sighs> I, had to, I had to get my thoughts together. All right, we're skipping the break. Last night, Aja Wilson tied the WNBA single-game scoring record with a 53-point effort against the Atlanta Dream. Ray, what makes her so freaking dominant? Well... We had Chastity Melvin on the show a while back, and she talked about the glory days of the WNBA. And we think the glory days, the first two names that come to mind are Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Swoops. Behind that, it's several names. Teaspoon, you got... Uh, Griffin. Right. um, You got Rebecca Lobo. You have Lisa Leslie. There are many names that come behind that. And there were so many great players at the time. But 
at the same time, even with all those great players, certain ones stood out. Like I just said, the first two our names yeah. stood out. Then, for me at least as a fan, Maya Moore was that person. I love Tarasi. I love uh, a lot of players, Maya but good, Maya Moore man. was she was the the best player by by far. And I think we're in a place right now where Aja Wilson is the best player by far. There's nobody close to her yeah. that can you can say, well, Deladon at one point was, but Deladon of course has been injured, injured and yeah. she's older now. I think she's content with she won her title. Yeah. So she's let's just say I don't I don't want to I don't want to sound negative, but I guess on the, she's on her, on her on her down Probably. not the downside, but she's on the latter part of her career. Yeah. There we go. Um Aja Wilson is ascending. Yeah. She and is, man. like I said, I can't think of anybody who Brianna Stewart? Now, Brianna Stewart can hoop. Yes, I I feel like she's not driving fifty three out there though. Oh. But she wins titles though. Yeah. Um, and she 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 fills the stat sheet. So Brianna Stewart's a good one. Um, but in terms of the way Asia plays, a style of play, I don't think it compares. Yeah. Uh, I think her style of play is entertaining. People want to watch it. Yeah. WNBA viewership is up. It still could be better. The marketing still has some stuff in terms of you know visibility where they need to improve that of course, of course. because the league itself is huge in like China and other markets where the WNBA is yeah, not a, yeah. is not there yet which will, will will bless them in terms of being coming a, a global brand but anyway I think she's somebody who could be the face of the league I don't think Brianna Stewart oh. can be um that's that's the difference no knock on her Brianna Stewart is, is dope yeah. um now there are there's some other great scores in the league Dewana Bonner comes to mind yeah. um many many again good players but she to me is head and shoulders above everybody else yeah. that's why I think she's already an all-time great no, I, I agree. I think she's already all time great. And just by watching her game, like this thing, like she does, she fills the box sheet. She's just not like she's a defensive juggernaut. She's an offensive scorer. Um, she's a great rebounder. It's like she, there's nothing she can't do. And 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 even on the stop in the like you said, the eye test of watching a hooper, she's got a lot in her bag. Like a lot in her bag. It's not like she's just taller than somebody, you know, or more agile than somebody. She's actually skilled. You know what I mean? She has a step back, Jay. If you watched, if you watched her in college in, in, in South Carolina, she was more inside than anything, right? She was predominantly inside. She look at her the WNBA, WNBA in the WNBA. You see that she's changed. She's brought out her brought brought out more to her game. She she's shooting the three ball. She can do a she, her mid range game is amazing in terms of, and then what she can do with her footwork is crazy. Like she has good footwork in terms of doing step backs in the mid range. She can uh, she's all uh, she's left handed, so obviously she's always gonna have that over somebody. She can go power strong to the left. She finishes to the basket. She even watching when you you know a lot of a lot of old timers like they're gonna be stuck in their to their people right. They'll be like, well, this person could play in our time. Like when you watch, when we were watching. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. But when yeah. you watch, like, all right, for instance, prime example, like Lisa Leslie, right, was was dope, right, growing up in terms of a hooper. Mm-hmm. Right, she's. But she if I took Tina, Tina Thompson, Tina Thompson too. Yeah, yeah. But, if I, but I'm telling you this: it was just off that stylistic point of just watching both both of them play. Asia Williams is. I mean, Asia, Asia Wilson is way more talented to me than Lisa Leslie. Ooh, interesting point. I don't I know. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I feel like she one. has more center bag than than Lisa Leslie. No <laughs> knock on Lisa. Lisa Leslie can go, but this girl to me. It's, <laughs> Like 53 is tough. It's hard to to compare errors. It really is. Like, for example, Alyssa Thomas. I would love to see um, Las Vegas take on Connecticut. If if Alyssa Thomas, the former Turk, we're here in the DMV, she can get over the hump and win a title. To me, she's already all-time great. I mean, the way she's played with shoulder injury, injury, excuse me, she's had triple-double after triple-double. She's a baller. And 
as I think about her potentially going back to play in that era where Lisa Leslie right. and the the players talked about Cynthia Cooper, where they play, I'm not, I think she would just be right there in the middle of the pack with them. Oh. Um, Alyssa think, Thomas. Oh, okay. But and, and Asia Wilson, I think she would be think she would be dope. Her. But I think she'd be over him, bro. No, I don't see that. Look at I don't um, see that. Again, again it's how she's playing her name? era. All right, I said Griffin from uh, from uh, Sacramento. Yeah, she used to give people work. She's I, and I like I, and I like Griffin, dude. But she no, she was older. See, here's the thing: the league started kind of late, so yes. some of the greater oh, I players. Agree. No, I agree. I'm talking know, about when that league. Oh. oh no, you're right. You're yeah, totally WNBA. Right. If like, they had a WNBA from Jump Street, I agree. Then I think Yolanda Griffin. We wouldn't even Yolanda talk about Griffin, that. She was that yeah, real. Yeah, exactly. But even to me, I think if it was younger, Lisa Leslie would have been a lot better. Because they caught her in a, in a transitional point in time period. In, in a way. Um, like, you didn't get the best. That wasn't the best Lisa Leslie. That definitely wasn't the best Cheryl Swoops. That wasn't the best Cheryl Swoops. Uh, Cheryl Swoops is pretty damn good. Man. But that wasn't the best Cheryl Swoops, though. Like You don't think so? Nah, she's coming pregnant well, and everything. She, well, yeah, but she got she got in better shape after she did, the but pregnancy. That, that, the Cheryl Swoops before, before that was was true. Like, like... I just that was just, that's just my point of view. I mean, that's my belief. I feel like you got Cheryl Swoops, but you didn't get the best Cheryl Swoops. I'm not sure, dude. I mean, like, th- it was some players back then. Host Claw. I mean, players that could. Host Claw could go. Ho- right. Yeah, she could and, go. And, but, and we're like, not even mentioning her in, yeah. in, in that era. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to really compare those eras. Like I said, that era as, I'm going to use, um, I just said her name, um, Chastity Melvin's words. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was special. Yeah. And it's hard to compare. But in terms you know, of her being an all-time great in this era, um. Yeah, I think you got. Come on now, just her body work and they're they're title contenders. They're leading every title year. contenders this year. She's Not every year, MVP but this already. year. She's um, they're leading title contenders, and I think again they should face off against somebody who's going to be competitive. That's what I want to see. Uh, um, to where it'll it'll mean even more when you can beat some of the, the better players. Um, which is why when Candace Parker won a championship with Chicago, it was like, dang, she's yeah, really that. Yeah, she's that girl. So. I think, yeah, all-time great, no doubt. It's just dope because you mentioned comparing errors. We don't do that with the WNBA as much as we do with the NBA. Do. I feel like when I watch, I feel like there's more skill. This is the truth, though. I ain't going to lie. There's more What's skill yeah, in the, w, in the, in the WA, WNBA. WNBA compared to back then. Overall skill. Though I, I, the ones that you mentioned, the ones that you mentioned, I just like them. I, I, thought, I think they played harder. And I think and I just ha- I have a – I'm always going to romanticize – for them, over like in any other era of the WNBA, because something about that first you group to your point, like I, it was not, it wasn't just like it's a star of a, a star of a new league, obviously, but also it was the heart and soul of what they played with, like like Witherspoon. I love I love watching her. I love watching her play because she just there's a mentality. The mentality is different. Like the 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 drive to make this successful the drive to win for your team it was it was a lot involved in in that that group of ladies that started off the WNBA man there was some ballers back then yeah. listen i'm gonna say this i'm not i'm not saying they couldn't ball i'm not saying that Look, at all. The, these girls were on martin uh yes um including don staley, don now, staley. She, again yeah. she didn't get her opportunity to really play at her and, and her um prime, right? prime. Yeah. but what i'll say is this when it when the ladies back then usa team played anybody else they oh, they, 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 they smashed them. them today it's a little closer bro i'm just saying I'm just becky saying. hammond couldn't Tell- make that squad back then she ended up going to russia but she couldn't make this squad either <laughs> <laughs> becky hammond was a hooper, i like becky man. hammond i do Stop. she was hooper, bro. i watched the new york bro i like becky hammond, becky hammond. like you like i ain't watch out dude I used to watch this. I used to watch them religiously. Larkadia Jones, Lake Jones, she was a baller. Um, but again, we're not even mentioning her. I just feel like that era, you can't compare this era to that era. I'm sorry. But that, think, that's another discussion I, I, for another look, day. Man, look, I think 
I, well, I'm, I'm not comparing everybody to Sarah, but I'm comparing this one. This one. Asia, so can, Asia, Asia can. Asia's that Asia talented. Is of course, that she talented. could be. She, she could be a baller in any era. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just in terms of like the top stars, bro. Like I think she'll be right there somewhere in the middle of that. I don't think it'll be like she would be a standout today. She's a standout. I think she'd be a standout. She could be. I think. I think there's. It's, I, it's a great discussion. I know. I don't know if there are bigs who could mess with her. That's all. I, just don't, I don't oh. think it would be bigs who could mess with her. Like we're talking the fl- the players that we're referring to are like more guard oriented. I don't think there's bigs who can mess with her. Well, I, I can't give you every name off the top of my head right her now. Footwork is better than any big I've, that, that you've seen in that WNBA, and, and that doesn't mean anything in the WNBA. You, no, no, you in that era, in that early oh. WNBA, I, you know I watched that offensively. That her footwork oh. is, is is better than anybody in that era, the era in it of the WNBA, and okay. I watched that. I watched that religiously. <laughs> like well, that shout out, shout out to the greats. Uh, recently, the Mystics they gave a um, tribute to, to Nikki McCray. Yeah, deserve, Vicky Bullock yeah. came out. That brought back memories because that's that's when again this league was getting kicked it off. Was, man. And it was, yeah. it was it was so community based back then. It still is though, um, because of the the stadium location and just some of the advocacy that the organization does. They give out tickets. They're still doing good work. It's just a it's a better atmosphere in a way now because it's a smaller arena, more intimate environment. Even though to me the stands are not as full as it was that championship year. I, I covered the team that season and it the was dope. Was lit. Yeah, it was yeah. Lit. yeah. So got to get that back. Yeah, it was lit. Got to get that back, but yeah, I, I'm I'm focused like I said on my on my HBCU ladies. So I'm hoping that some of these ladies, I'm hoping some of these ladies, including our former guest Dustin Howe, will get an opportunity to play at that level. Me too. When man. there's not a lot of roster spaces, unfortunately. Which is unfortunate. That's what you say, unfortunately. It is, man. I love my HBCU. Yes, sir. <laughs> Had a poll, but it was like limited vote, limited vote. So I don't feel like it's not fair to read. Okay, it's not a real poll to read. For real. yeah, it's all good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but I do. I, real talk though, you see, her, you see this this child's stats though in terms of where she is as a leader, the leaderboard. She's everywhere, which which says a lot. Oh, you got to give her flowers, bro. No doubt. You know what I'm saying, like she's a generational talent. Like 53, bro. Yeah, I don't care what I don't care what what league. 53 is 53. Pee Wee Kirkland scored like 135 points. One Great. Day. That means he's amazing. Yeah, so Wilt scored hundred, huh? But but people diminish Wilt because they say he played against smaller guys. But Wilt could have played in any area. It's the same thing. hundred is hundred. Have you if you play basketball? It's a hard score. Hundred. It's a hard feat. Score hundred gets bumped. Anyway, tomorrow night NFL Network, the Atlanta Falcons take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Check oh, out. I actually check about, out. Check out Desmond Ritter. I actually thought about talking about, talking about Atlanta too. Because like, Atlanta actually can be decent if they oh, have I a decent know, defense. I, I love your. I love the running back from Texas. Oh. Bijan, he's the, the third stringer, quote unquote. Man, that dude can catch out the backfield. He's real. The third stringer. Who called him a third stringer? He he he's starting a depth chart. It's it's intentional though. It was supposed. To, we, many thought it would change, you know, based on him being a rookie and all, but it hasn't changed yet, which is funny. It don't matter. Drake London look, has looked pretty good this preseason, but no, that's good. You, I, can, you can you can get you can take a lot out of receivers in preseason. Feeling decent about the upgrades on defense and. How it might turn out. So check us out tomorrow. You should feel good. You should always feel good. DMV, uh, check out my Falcons, baby. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. Like, I know you're excited about your, your new owner and all, but hey. And and the Steelers look pretty good in that division. Man, that picket looks good. Can we talk about picket looks good? Picket looks good. The AFC North, North is a tough division. Man, it's a tough, if Deshaun I Watson balls, he's going to ball. It's going he's to, going to ball. It's going to be ball. crazy. I'm telling you, like all the haters listen to me. Deshaun is going to ball. Okay. He's going to ball. I hope you don't jinx him. You, I'm not you gonna been jinx struggling. Him. You've been struggling with your predictions lately. That, no, I, I say <laughs> I had a good bounce back because Antoine. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was prediction, man. It's a spoiler. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm back, baby. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I'm back. The NFL oh, is back. No, sorry, That's and, my point. Sorry, and my man, uh, Anthony Joshua, helped me out too. So I'm back. I'm back, baby. Okay. I'm back. Hey, look, you take everything you can take, bro. 
I'm gonna take that one. All right, take Deshaun Watson's out for a much better year. I agree, he's gonna be better than last <laughs> I season. Better than last season. But I'm just saying that division is so stacked. It is stacked. All four teams should make the playoffs. They should unless start, unless, t- unless Joey Burrow don't come back. He hurts. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, they should like teams should like take advantage of that ASAP. Like, but they're such a good team late in the season all the time. I mean, well, they are. They always turn on. They always turn on late, though. Facts. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Like Ray, like I, like I, like Ray and I were talking about earlier. We're gonna go video soon, so it's. A, Next week may be the last time we go audio. No, maybe. I, I'm going to put it out yeah, there. Yeah, I will not be here next week. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what my future looks like. But you already know. Yeah. Urban Sports Team, check us out. Like he said, subscribe to that YouTube channel, which is growing. We're going to have more and more, more content. content. It's some HBCU stuff coming uh, yeah. uh, coming your way as well. So dope. Check out that game Saturday as well. Yeah. Uh, Jackson State, State versus South, South Carolina State. State. Man, Ooh. the kickoff. Everybody's going to be looking Ooh, it's gonna be, at it's gonna be lit the Swag Miak Challenge. I think it's just a great platform. Yeah. For the HBCUs, no matter That's what school ESPN? you went to, a- or ABC, one of the, I think it's on ABC. ABC. So no matter what school you went to, you got to get behind these two teams. If you, of course, go to Jackson, A, support the homie, it says Guthrie. He's been on this show multiple times. Oh, yes. and, oh, hey, yeah. that, that's my guy. I'm glad Wait. he's getting back out on the field. T.C. Taylor getting to put that Deion Sanders talk behind him, that Coach Prime talk behind him. It's going to be amazing. And, and Coach, Coach Buddy Pugh, Pugh, that's our guy. Yeah, exactly. So. All-time great. What a great time for HBCU. It is, bro. though, man. Real talk, man. Dang. Real talk. That's, that's real talk, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but no, he's right, though. Ray's, Ray's right. Hey, this is a, a good time. And also, Virginia Union, we need you in the MEAC. We need Bowie State and Virginia Union to take that leap of faith and lead the CIAA and come to the MEAC. I love, need, I love Jackie McWilliams. Williams. I love Jackie McWilliams, Williams, but we need those two teams. I'm sorry. Need this. Need this. this I, lo- I, love, I love her, but we need those two teams. Help your sister out. Help your sister Sonya. <laughs> give give us those two teams. That would how many teams do they have already though? In the uh... don't give me a line. I'm not sure. I can't count how many teams they have. But I'm saying <laughs> no. I mean because I know. But, I know but they teams, can afford to give us. Two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm only being they can real. afford to give us those two based on demographic. That'd be perfect. Yeah. You got Morgan Coppin, UMES, and then you have Bowie State right and Morgan, here. No, Morgan and Coppin don't even got a football team. So yeah. Then you exactly. Both schools got football teams. Both schools are pretty good at football uh, and, and decent good. at basketball. Yeah, yeah. It would be a great fit in terms of location. Virginia Union wouldn't be far from North Carolina Central, from South Carolina State, from Norfolk yeah. State. Everybody would be right there in the same area. We need those two teams. We need expansion. Everybody's talking about these expansions that's going to take place amongst HBCUs. And the MEAC is not part of the discussion. It's getting on my nerves. <laughs> and I'm nervous that how we're still going to leave at some point. So... We need we need help. Man, Howard shouldn't leave. I think they got a good situation right now. They Especially do, football, but Howard basketball Har- program. Howard is pretty darn marketable. I know. You got the ba- Jordan brand. I think they deal. This, sometimes you got every sport is good. We talking about track, soccer, yeah. freaking golf, swimming. Like Howard is it. But you want, sometimes you just want to you want to take over the your, your, the conference you're able to take over. You know what I mean? So I just feel like this is a this it's is a good all, conference it's all about money, my brother. You can still, they're always gonna make money. Well, see, I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think football wise, they're ready to make that leap to like the CAA or any other conference. Yeah. That's why Hampton well, has struggled. Well, that's the, but that's basketball wise, they can compete in any conference. They can, for the most but you part. always, but you only, you only move, you move because of football. Because football is the money. That's always, that's always, that's that's how it is. Even you know, you see these PWIs. But this season, 
Just like we were forecasting MEAC basketball season was going to be dope, and it was amazing. Yeah. This season, we're not sure because every team is pretty much yeah. different. However, MEAC football, I you think talk, be lit. you're talking about Central and Howard? Oh, oh my I, gosh. I go, South Carolina State and Central? I'll go, go even further than that. I think SWAC, the MEAC, I think their football is going to be off the charts. What SWAC is? Yeah. Oh, Swag is, yeah, because FAMU is going to be good. Yeah. Southern is going to be dope. You got the Alcorn is a sleeper to yeah. win it. I'm telling you, I'm yeah. excited, bro. Yeah, I'm going to see what Graham's going to do. But listen, shout out, shout I, out. Am, I am me like that going in. So, Buddy Pew, we room for you this weekend. We room for Guthrie. You but we, we, yeah, we, we are. You want him to play well and then lose. Yes. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. I'm going to hold my man get a pick. Give my man, get, just let my man get a pick six. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's a lot. Man, pick six is great. Hey, hey, I, I'm, I'm all about I, playing. I man. love Jackson, though. B, B, I love. I love Jackson. You know what I'm so I, I can't really pick sides, but I always got root for the Miak. Last year, the SWAC won that game. Um, Howard lost, of yeah. course. Alabama State won who that won game. The, who won the celebration bowl? Oh, of course. The Miak always okay, wins there you that. Go. Exactly. Always. Central. Davius Richard. Always wins. He's, he's, the, he's like the second coming to Eric McNair. Everybody's saying it. Oh. He's that real. Okay. He's so That's, real. Okay. I love that dude. I, mean, I ain't even interviewing him out there. I call Khalil Baker, bro, though. Khalil Baker's going to the league, too, I bro, think. Bro, we're going to see. Darian Broken Burst. Look, a lot of, a lot of great players look, out there with HBC. Man, a lot of folks saying South Carolina State. They that, back. They back. A lot of folks. That's the that's the that's the that's on the Twitter. It's a quiet confidence. That's, the, that's that on the X sphere. That's on the X sphere. Can't call Twitter. Listen, no but more. they're 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 picked to in every major publication. They're picked to finish somewhere like around Norfolk State. They're picked to finish after Morgan, bro. So I don't know. Morgan's gonna be good too. Oh, I think Morgan's gonna be good. I think they need to Coach be Wilson talented. is Coach Wilson. It's gonna be it's gonna He's be a dope coach. season for the Miac football. A lot of and then we need to get, add those two teams after the season. <laughs> so hey, look out for that, guys. We're gonna be a ten team league next year because Virginia Union and Bowie State, well, one of the two, are coming to the Miac. Sorry, Commissioner Williams, we it's, need it. It's, it's all HBCU love out here. Hey man, I love my HBCUs. Hey, check out our. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, forget it. Hey, thanks, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for Igis, you dig? Deuces, a mega. Lead us out, big homie.